0: Hello and welcome to 90% Hits, a podcast about the number one singles in Australia throughout the 90s. My name is Danny Yao and with me, as usual, is Tim Coyle. Well, Danny, we're just getting started. (laughs) Casey Atkins. Um, Hi. (laughs) And down the line from the Gold Coast,
1: Tim Byron. Come on, Danny, let's go party. (laughs) Uh, Today we are going through... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Really...
0: Does he lose? Um, (laughs) 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 Or or did we all lose? (laughs) Uh,
2: We all lost.
0: (laughs) We're going through the uh, the number one singles from the end of 1997 into the start of 1998, which actually doesn't mean we have that many shows left to do. Um, This week we will be talking about uh, four artists and five songs, so we might as well get into it. Our first song of tonight was number one for three weeks from the 16th of November, 1998, and this is Aqua with Barbie Girl. Hiya, Barbie.
3: Hi, Ken.
0: You want to go for a ride?
3: Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. I'm a Barbie-
0: Okay, that was Barbie Girl by Aqua, number one for three weeks, uh, and a song that I think we all know. Tim Coyle, why don't we start with you? What does Barbie Girl mean to you? Uh,
2: very little. <laughs> it's uh, look it, when it came out. I mean, it's, it is such an obvious novelty song uh, from a novelty band um, which recorded a novelty album. Although surprisingly, Aqua are still around. Um, which is an achievement in and of itself, but yeah, it's a novelty song, at least. <laughs> this song was um, exactly exactly what you um, kind of when we talked about the Macarena, We said, well, you can't really can't really say anything meaningful about it because it's just there, and the song is pretty much the same. It's just it's light, fluffy Euro trash, and. <laughs> Part of listening to it this week is the the surprising thing is just how demented it was. Like, the thing is, the bald guy with the insane eyebrows, his voice is just so unhinged and hilarious throughout the whole thing that... But yeah i mean at least continually got a laugh out of me while i was sitting at my desk at work and had this on and then he'd just come in like we have the shatner in boys to men this guy's just like the the escape mental patient (laughs) and he just steamrolls into the song and it's it's just so bizarre so yeah kind of Before this episode, we sent an email around challenging one another to find one positive thing to say about each song on the list. Um, that's, that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) dementedness. Yeah.
0: Casey Atkins, what about you?
4: Yeah, this, wow. Um, it actually, it's, I don't think it's any worse than any other of the Eurotrash dance pop singles that we have covered. Um... I don't think it's any worse than Mr. Vane. I don't think it's any worse than... And now I forget some of the others. What else have we done? There was Mr. Vane. I wiped him out of my memory. Yeah. (laughs) Give it
1: up. Total sunshine. Give it up. Um, (laughs) And and it's actually... Another night. The real McCoy. Right. So
4: all of that. And I don't think it's any worse. And I think it actually edges some of those it's just above a couple of those because it actually does have some semblance of a sense of humor about it um, i can't say that i like it but i can certainly say why it was or see why it was huge you know because it was kind of funny and it was yeah and it's it is humor aimed at people without a sense of humor but, like, it, it's still... <laughs> you know what I mean, by yeah. when I say that, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's, just, it's the
2: same thing as what we talked about with Shaggy. You've essentially got a guy with a stupid voice. Yeah, yeah. Cu- coupled with... A
4: girl cu- with a stupid voice. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, In terms of the thing that... If I was to find one thing to like about it, the uh, chord changes when he comes in with his come on, Barbie, let's go party <laughs> bit are interesting enough. I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, and the um, the uh, ooh, ooh 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 is a great
0: book. Okay, uh, Tim Byron.
1: Yeah, well, one of the things I remember from when we talked about Boombastic by Shaggy uh, a few weeks ago was that at that point, like I think I was like I was still young enough to kind of not be fussed by it being a novelty sounding kind of song. Like I was still kind of you know just that little bit young enough that it was kind of funny rather than just annoying. Yeah. And anyway, this song is what uh you know 18 months later i i'm not that young anymore right
4: <laughs> a lot happens in that 18 months right yeah that that <laughs> it's 18, a months was, 18 months it a very formative 18 months
1: it was a very formative 18 months you know it, my my life had changed in also many ways yeah uh, but, <laughs> oh, but and you, but one but of the ways in which then, mm, anyway. <laughs> and and yeah barbie girl was something by the end of 97 that i did not want a bar of um listening to it uh but you know one of the things I do notice is that, like, I think, didn't they tour Australia not too long ago? And there are like, a lot of people who are like, five years younger than me who were, like, 12 or 10 when this came out who went to go and see them, I noticed, who are now into, like, you know, proper music and, and you know, in the, in the music scene and things like that. So I think it's, like, one of those, um, yeah, you have to be the right age to to dig this, to um, to do anything about, you know, to, to like it. Listening to it now, I'm not sure I kind of realised it at the time. Like, maybe I kind of... I'm not sure I paid enough attention to it, but it's interesting in that it has that um, sort of social commentary kind of thing going on in it. Yeah, Because, yeah, they are commenting on, um, you know, being, being... I think they're Danish. <laughs> yeah, they're Danish. Yeah. 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 yeah, they're they're commenting on the kind of... The, the idea of Barbie and the way that you can kind of... You know, the way that the idea of Barbie and the way you can put clothes on her and dress her and things like that is sort of a bit creepy in its way. And, um, and I think I think it is a, a deliberate comment and they are kind of trying to make some sort of social commentary about American um, Im- cultural imperialism and things like that in, in their very small kind of way. And I think that's a cool, interesting thing and that's the thing that I like about the song.
2: Why, why is an American design so sleek and minimalistic? <laughs> <laughs> Danny?
0: Well, look, I, one of the things uh, I, I, you guys, well, Tim Collin, Casey didn't really touch on was sort of when you first heard it and, and I'm sure we have very mm. shared experience there, right, which is just, it was everywhere. Of course. Like, it was inescapable to the point where I'm not sure I really got the joke when it first came out. Yeah. What Tim Tim Byron was saying that, uh, and even what Tim Cole was saying that it was demented and mm. listening to it this week and maybe it's 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 uh, comparing to some of the other songs that we'll be talking to tonight, I actually grooved to kind of go, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, right. You know? And, if this song came out in the 70s, I would like it more because I, I love all my weird Dr. Demento compilations of weird <laughs> tracks. <laughs> They're coming to take me away. Aha! Uh-huh, or whatever, right?
4: Like, it's just going... Or like yeah, Monster Mash or that kind well, of... Well, not even Monster <laughs> Mash.
0: <laughs> like, just going, A, this single was written. B, people bought it. Like, yeah. just like...
2: Flying like, Purple People Eater. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Flying yeah, Purple yeah.
0: People Eater uh, or those sort of songs, which is was just like... Or, you know, like, any song about, like, Doctor Who, yeah, doc- like those wings, people bought that? That's amazing. So I think like if I didn't live through it, I would... Hey. I, you know, so that's the thing, like, if I didn't live through it Da-da-da-da. and I came to it in history, I think there would be a fascination. So there was, there was that. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. It is very nice melodically. Like if it was singing about something else, it'd be fine and produced differently. Like the melody is quite nice. It's very Euro trash. I um, think that's
4: a challenge. <laughs> I, think, I think we write a you somewhere around that <laughs> let's um, see what happens hey uh
0: and uh, <laughs> uh i guess my one positive thing to say about this was that she was really kind of cute so <laughs> really that's where i'm gonna go <laughs> bizarrely enough bizarrely enough i didn't check
2: hang on um well, the, the, the one thing tim baron touched on and um the, as have the other three of you the, the satirical aspect of it and just, we could talk about what a huge clusterfuck uh, <laughs> erupted around that because Mattel yes. tried to sue yes. them unsuccessfully on three occasions. Three occasions. Right up to the Supreme Court in the US who struck it down on the basis of the First Amendment.
1: Not now, one, page.
2: Mattel tried to sue them in the United States, which actually has constitutionally guaranteed right to free speech. Mm. Not in the UK or Australia, mm. where no one does. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, And to cap that all off, in 2009, Mattel used the song Barbie Girl <sighs> In, oh, an in a Barbie commercial, <laughs> yes. money. Aqua made money off the hats. company that <laughs> awesome. tried to sue the pants off them. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, hats off to them for that. Yeah, okay.
4: They uh, just went up a couple of pegs,
2: actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's Look,
0: great. The, the thing about this this song and the use of Barbie is that this is like talking about Demented. The other song that was around at this time, I was work definitely working in record stores or at least hanging around record stores. and pretty much. I think this album was pretty still selling when I worked in there. The other song that I sold a lot of copies of was Chocolate Salty Balls.
5: (laughs) And the amount of young,
0: like, I'm talking like nine-year-olds that would come in with their parents with no irony whatsoever and (laughs) ask for Chocolate Salty Balls, (laughs) which is exactly why they have that song, why that song exists, right, for that moment. There was a bit of this. It's like little girls were buying it because it's so cartoony. Yeah. It's B-52s kind of cartoony.
5: Yeah.
0: But- Yeah. And they wouldn't have got the joke, but it's amazing that they, I can't imagine, like I did a bit of reading about them. They were in other bands and stuff like that. So I can't imagine they wrote this for kids. They weren't a kids novelty band, but then they had this song and then they did the, what looks like a very Katy Perry film clip now and, um, and marketed to kids, which wasn't really a kid's song.
1: Yeah, the thing with uh, with this song, I think I think you're right that it, it the cartooniness is a very interesting thing about it, uh, because unlike the rest of the um, the kind of Eurotrash things that had come before it, which are all kind of marketed at people who are dancing and, and mm-hmm. you know, it, they're meant to be things for people to dance to in a club, this is like very specifically marketed at kids. It's like a it's marketed at like the pre-teen audience, and it's kind of the the first in that kind of bunch of stuff like Steps. And um, the Venger Boys, Venga Boys yeah. and um, All Them, the kind of things that are marketed to preteens that are just kind of like silly, happy pop songs. And so I think this song is influential in that kind of way, in that it was moving away from, like, it does have like, you know, a fair bit of the Mr. Vane or Another Night about it, but it's got that kind of campy, cartoony kind of thing. And you can see that <laughs> in the video clip. Like, you can see the way that they kind of are just like uh, totally mugging it up to the camera. Yeah. Like, you know, they've got these huge, like, eyebrows, and, like, you know, they're, they're dancing around. And Katy Perry does a similar thing, and that's a good, a good reference to something more by uh, ca- more recent.
0: By cartoony, by cartoony, you obviously mean in Aquascope, which is. <laughs> yes,
2: in Aquascope. What? All their film films. clips were brought to you by Aquascope. Is that,
4: is that like in. Is that like Doubly? Is that like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Dobly? You know, yeah we got it in Dobly. It's almost like every film clip is a <laughs> film with a. What would,
0: would have been better in Dobly. Dobley. Sorry um, that, that was a Smile tap Reference that Casey drove To yeah. um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the ground But yeah Which has never
5: thing. Ever
4: happened Before But uh, that, that joke Would have been Better in Dobley <laughs>
1: That like, <laughs> going back. Okay, there's Carey, a fine line between stupid and
2: clever. <laughs> that, that that horse has been off to the knacker and has come back in like yeah. dog food cans. This stop, stage do- yeah. stop flogging. You it. know what else have do- sound better
0: than doubly? The sound of the barrel scratched. At the <laughs> 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 uh, um, but yeah, that new Katy Perry film clip. I remember watching it, having not thought about Aqua in years, and just thinking. It looks a bit like an Aqua film clip, the one for Raw. Yeah, right, okay. Where they're right, all dressed yeah, yeah. up and there's the big sort of like, you know, it's sort of that cartoon version of great cinema. <laughs> like, it's that, yeah, yeah. you know, those credits. And I just went, yeah, this is, uh, I've seen this in Aqua. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to talk more about Aqua coming up. Really oh, uh, nice. So please uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This song was number one also for three weeks from the 7th of December 1998 and this is Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. That was Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, number one for three weeks. Casey Atkins, do you get knocked down and then get up again? <laughs> What's oh, going to bring you down? Often. Um, you know
4: what? I don't mind this at all. <laughs> Bizarrely enough, I um, I don't think this is too bad. I remember it pretty well, and I remember knowing it for quite a long time before somebody kind of explained it to me not the not that it requires that much explaining but I just hadn't thought about it and somebody just said you know this is about getting pissed and singing karaoke and then I was just like fuck yeah it is okay that rules okay that's awesome and um, I I think it just kind of works quite well for what it is I listened to it again this week and I thought that again yeah it works and I enjoyed it yet um it's a little lazy it's only got two sections in it that are just repeated over and over again which I think is uh, I think that's a little bit lazy I think somebody could have written a decent middle eight for it to just fill it out and make it what could have been a much better song for what it is um but obviously they didn't really need to but I I don't really think it's it's that bad I think it's a nice chant along kind of kind of kind of thing i certainly wouldn't pull it out and listen to it if i didn't have to but i also don't switch it off if it comes on like the radio or you know i don't run out of a a supermarket if it starts playing (laughs) (laughs) like like that fucking down down prices are down thing
1: (laughs) sorry tim byron yeah for me, I remember this song very clearly, like singing this song with my friends in science class at the end of year ten because this this for me was at the end of year ten, and we'd had our exams and stuff when we were about to sort of go on to year eleven. And so I think we were basically being babysat for the last sort of month of being at school, yeah, I, I remember. and so that was this song really reminds me of that particular time because I remember singing it in class in like a science class with some friends <laughs> and um, and yeah, so. As a song to sing along to with friends, which is, I guess, the point of the song and what they were trying to do, exactly. it's pretty good. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, 15 years later, I'd never he- need to hear this song again. It's like, like Casey said, it's um, pretty repetitive and it's just got the two sections. And so I've heard them enough that it's like, it's done. I, I don't need to hear this song again. I mean, were like were meant to be some sort of weird anarcho, um, you know, anti-capitalist, like anarchic kind of band. Um, that were, like, ex-punks. And, like, I had no idea about that at the time. And, um, you know, there's nothing in the song that suggests that at all, apart from, I guess, the kind of, you know, trying to identify with the working class kind of thing that's going on. But, um, yeah, it reminds me of being in in Year 10 and starting to sort of drink underage at parties and sort of trying out the various drinks that you could try out. Um, So perhaps it's a song that's very much about being 15, drinking underage and, like, having fun with friends. And that's kind of cool. And I, I like that. Uh, but I'm not 15 anymore.
2: Yeah, Kim Coyle. It's kind of funny. Danny mentioned the kind of duh, 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 duh. hey,
1: because
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what this song is. Yeah. Um, look, when I when I was when I back in 1997, you know, I didn't mind the the shoutiness of it. I've watched English football since I was a kid. Yeah, this is a ter- <laughs> this is a terrorist chant. That's Ooh. exactly what it is. Uh, it's celebrating pub culture and things like that if you grow up with a lot of British working class culture around you you, you understand where it's coming from and particularly the quote from Brastoff that the album track starts off with tries to hammer that home I also think that's kind of giving it ideas well Beyond its Station, Tim Byron mentions that they identified as punks, but there's nothing punk about this whatsoever. But listening to it now... Oh, Christ. Oh, really? Uh, You know, there's there's a term in kind of programming, fractally wrong, that at every single resolution you can zoom in or zoom out of, it's wrong. (laughs) This song is fractally shit. (laughs) Every single element... At every single resolution you could zoom in on, it's crap. And, yeah, uh, just the, the sledgehammer guitars and the, the chanting. And it's
1: so incoherent. I mean, what? <laughs> you know, People are coherent when they're drunk. And they're I know, a whiskey I, drink know, and a vodka I drink. know. But the,
2: the inexplicable... Bursting out into Danny Boy, and just you know, kind of like Doctor Zoidberg in, in Futurama, just bursting out into Danny Boy for no apparent reason. And yeah, it's just kind of listening to it on my headphones walking to work. Just, just kind of after about one minute, I was just like, "Ugh, that's it." But after one minute, you've heard all the song it has to offer. That's anyway. it. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, <laughs> that is it. There's only so many more times you go, "Oh, I get knock down. <laughs> I get up again." Fuck off. Oh, Danny boy. Um, before
0: he gets to me, Tim Cole, do you want to explain the Brastoff thing?
2: Well, Brastoff is... Because um, Peter Postleway's yeah, speech. Yeah, it is. And Brastoff is one in, well, it's a particular style and genre of British film, which directors like Mike Lee um, have done, which is kind of the classic British working class, mm. highly depressing um, but on the other hand, it's people standing in solidarity with the community thing. And look, the first four or so that you see, you're like, Wow, that's quite affecting. Yeah. Uh but and I'd seen more than four by the time I got to brast off and it was a case <laughs> of Oh, for fuck's sake. It's so- like just Join an organised crime syndicate or start selling drugs to rich people. That's how you will get money. That's how your lives will not be miserable anymore.
0: But it's a minor's story and it's kind of um, Billy Elliot, that sort of thing. Yeah, but, um,
2: definitely. But and Peter
0: plate is that his name? He yes. passed away recently. He does a speech mm. that is on the album version to introduce yep. this song. So I don't know if you guys heard that this week.
5: Uh, no. Yeah, mm.
2: yeah, I think I heard it. A speech at the front. Yeah. The one that so. the which, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's it's a nice message. The film has, has a nice message that solidarity <laughs> with your community is important and particularly in the com- uh, context of Brass Off, which, as with all British film at the time, dealt with Thatcherism and the fallout. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's an important takeaway. But yeah, that point's made so much and it's got nothing to do with the song whatsoever as much as Chumbawambo would like to think it does.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I guess for me... It does have that thing, which is, you know, that British culture of communities are made at the pub. Mm, mm. Kind of even made around the soccer stadium, you know, yeah. like on the, the football field. So there's that thing of, um, look, this isn't a song that is generous with musicality. <laughs> but what there is is about, hey, it's just a general hey, we can do this, let's get better, sort of thing, Mm. and which is a very sort of community message. This isn't a tender ballad written for one person. It's a song designed to play to 10,000 people and for them to sing along, which they probably exceeded that in the height of their fame around here. So I actually quite like it. I mean, I actually disagree with some of the points that went around the table. I think the arrangement of it is very interesting. There's actually, uh, dear? yeah, the, the, the last part of it when the trumpet is just doing random soloing over the end of it, I really like, it incorporates sort of different music, like the, the Brass off thing, um, do you know I'll Fly Away, that was used in No Brother Where Art Thou, um, one fine morning no. when this life is over, uh, like that's in there, like she sings oh, really? that in the background of it.
2: Like, there's it's also. It's the second one after Oh Danny Boy. Yeah. It's, it's, there's it's
0: like beautiful. kind of just weird, interesting things that <clears> makes it <throat> not. Uh, yeah, it makes it a little bit more interesting for me. And I just kind of like the spirit of it. I mean, it is a big, silly, dumb song, and I don't really expect more. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, I found it a bit of fun. I've listened to more repetitive songs in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I still do. And I kind of like it. It's kind of dance music in that sense. It's kind yeah. of just repetitive. Mm. And it's... uh, it's and The energy behind it...
4: Is oh, there's, there's unbelievable. undeniable spirit so, and energy. Absolutely. I, th- yeah. I think
2: a, an interesting thing with some of the political stuff that Tim Byron and I mentioned, that they reverse-engineered the song a little bit when there was the... um, The... uh, Wolf... Uh, the Wharfey strike in Liverpool at the time and basically the new Labour government had sold out uh, sure. what was their core constituency you would imagine and for for a bit of context it's like the people of Liverpool were basically the butt monkey of uh, Thatcher's Britain <laughs> and Thatcher's private communications kind of indicated That's she, your context? She, she, uh, Thatcher, Thatcher's private communications but Monkey sex
0: is your context? <laughs>
2: Which <laughs> private communications indicated she kind of, you know, wouldn't have minded if Liverpool was firebombed back into the Stone Age and only nice. refrained from doing so because, you know, people might have gotten a little funny about wiping out a civilian a civilian population.
1: But um, all the Beatles landmarks that yeah, she probably worried more about them. Which, yeah, it was a
2: significant development in Britain because you have the Labour Party, which generally <laughs> yeah. would be on wharf workers' side, uh, who a- abandoned them. Uh, at an important time for them, and that this song actually managed to fit into that context.
0: Well, look, I mean, that's probably. I think it depends. I think that's a really good point, and I think how you feel about this song falls on how you feel about what happened there, because it's either a song about nothing, or a song that you can use to make for any situation where you feel battered down. You know, it's a ready-made anthem for any protest, and. Whether yeah. that
2: is, I, I get that, but as far as protest songs, it's a little go, bit, it's, it's a bit after the fact. Though, yeah, and it's it? like... and it's not, it's it's not articulate in a way that a protest song can be. Sure, and it's not, like, it's not protesting yeah. against anything. It's a song about protest. Yeah. It's like if you want decent political songwriting at the time it's like Medic Street Preachers already existed and they're doing this kind of thing so much better than like Chumbawamba. Not Street Preachers. Man. The one funny thing about Chumbawamba that I remember
4: is that last year and I've just looked up the date it was in July last year that news stories started going around like Rolling Stone and tweets and things like that saying and this was a headline Chumbawamba have split up. In other news <laughs> Chumbawamba were <was> still together. <laughs> <though>. <laughs>
0: okay so do we all know what a tub thumper is it's
1: It's like a politician going around like you know like thumping the tubs going like you know you're doing the um the the stump speech kind of thing trying to rev up the uh constituents to vote for him and stuff right
0: yeah to some degree but it's also has to it's it's a it's a negative thing as well well it's
2: largely in um war propaganda and some such, in its political sense.
0: It, it's 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 a term about it's um it's also about being to some degree jumping on a bandwagon, I think, or well, not maybe not jumping on a bandwagon, but um, well, it's not a positive term. Being a tump thumper no. is not a, it's not a good thing. Mm. So I think that's funny in the fact that they wrote a song about let's get behind something and then called it tump thumping. Mm. So. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up about this song is that uh, last year, I, uh, Tim Byron introduced me to a fantastic game show, a British panel show called Only Connect, uh, which is all about series and sequences, and you have to get things in the right sequence. And the question was, you had to, you had to name all the alcohols mentioned in this song in order.
5: <laughs> Can we do it
0: without looking?
1: He drinks Whis- a whiskey, whiskey drink, vodka, lager, lager. lager. cider.
0: I really should have looked up the correct answer when I asked that but <laughs> no, no.
1: we yeah. will post up the answer
0: on the blog. <laughs> Our third song of tonight finds us back at <sighs> the feet of Aqua. <laughs> number one. This like Interestingly that. enough, this was number one for seven weeks over twice as uh, twice as long as Barbie Girl and this is Dr. Jones.
3: Sad times, the feeling is right. You fall in love for the first time. Heartbeat and kisses so sweet. Summertime love in the moonlight. I be, I
0: That was Dr. Jones by Aqua, number one for seven weeks uh, from 1997 through into 1998. Tim Byron, why don't we start with you? You're a doctor. How does this, how does this uh, match with what you know about having a doctorate?
1: Yeah, there's not so much um, people trying to find you. There's much more just sort of sitting in a room doing your own thing and people not caring about it. I don't know what kind of doctor Dr. Jones was, though. Is
3: that established in the song? No. Uh,
1: well, well, I, I think I, in the video clip, they make it pretty clear that it's, it's meant to be like Dr. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. The archaeologist. Yeah. Oh. Who is Dr. Jones. Yeah, okay. And so basically, instead of talking about the song, I'm just going to talk about Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I love Indiana Jones. <laughs> I love The Last Crusade. You know, I w- it was amazing when that dude pulled that heart out of that other guy's chest with his bare hands. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he had the hat, he had the cool, you know, no ticket, no ticket, such a good line. You know, I love the way that um, in, in Dogma, I think, with Kevin Smith, like, just did that <laughs> well, in the no, middle of the movie did, without explanation.
0: <laughs> the, 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 only the film clip references that. There's nothing about the song that references Indiana Jones. Except the title. Except the title. Well, it could be anyone. It could be Dr.
4: And Dr. 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 Is Jones is the kind is... of
1: guy who would go off on some adventure into the jungle and stuff and people would be asking, where has he gone?
4: <laughs> okay. did, did Harrison Ford try to sue Aqua at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he then used them in a commercial yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, he's a better sport than Mattel
2: yeah mm.
0: okay Tim
1: Coyle the, oh I should definitely oh, say what <laughs> <laughs> should I should, oh, you should you, say, should you or not yeah. <laughs> do we need to know can we just <laughs> yeah okay move on to Tim Coyle yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh. (laughs) Well, on the one hand, I think as Casey said with Barbie Girl, you can see why it's successful the way it is because it just lodges in your head and kind of like to stay on the Seinfeld thing, like the big giant red chicken in... Kramer's apartment <laughs> It's just burning my brain The whole thing is sending me nuts Listening to it this week and I couldn't Stop listening to it this <laughs> You <laughs> always do, do that to yourself What is with that I, Look to be fair I think it's a Better song than Barbie Girl But you know we're, to, we're talking about You know The world's tallest t- midgets here. It's like how do you quantify this thing? And yeah it's kind of the margins. It's so small as to be completely meaningless. Um, again, <laughs> eyebrow dude. <laughs> he just steamrolls in. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. I love him. I do now. <laughs> I want him in my life. It's just the impression that this guy followed the band, followed the band home from the pub. (laughs) (laughs) Just interjecting at all these moments completely inappropriately.
0: (laughs) Can I I give a reference that only this room will get? He's like the drummer from Orgy March. (laughs) He
3: talks too much.
5: Someone
2: had to in that band. It's like they're all in the studio and then, then he just butts in there. Like, Who's this guy?
5: So,
2: I don't know. His eyebrows are impressive. Let's keep him. I thought he was just <laughs> in the empty the bins. Like, like, <laughs> he's, <laughs> like he's a pet or something. It's like, can we keep him? Yeah, so again, again he steals the show a bit, but oh. yeah, it's right. just... <laughs> yeah that's that's all i can kind of get out of we've talked about the nutritional value of yeah. of songs and i mean we're beneath cardboard yeah here, right? we're we're kind of down at a bacterial <laughs> level <laughs> okay well casey yeah i think it's
4: um like on on the charts for more than double the length of Barbie Girl and less than half the song of Barbie Girl, in my opinion, I don't think mm.
5: it's
4: anywhere close. Absolutely. No, I don't think that either. No, you agree, Tim Byron? Yeah,
1: I don't know. What, I don't know what planet Tim Coyle is on, but it sounds like it's fun there.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, this just seems like I, I'm
4: baffled with the idea that this got stayed on the charts for so long. And honestly, if you'd have told me. Um, knowing what I know or what's in my brain from a cultural perspective, if you'd have told me that Barbie girl was on the charts for 12 weeks, I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like and Tim Coyle's reference to the Macarena is a really good one because it's just one of those things that's there and still referenced. Dr. Mm-hmm. Jones is just the uh, just a, another song by the same band that sounds kind of the same that isn't quite as good, but they had to get something out um because they had to follow it up and so it and and people bought that too because that was the thing of the moment but in terms of what it is um as far as being a song is concerned it's 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 nowhere even close I um yeah I don't really have a lot to say on it I certainly if we're going to go back to our original um idea of of today I, I couldn't really find a lot to to like in it um except that God, I mean, you, you're right. Like, I did... When, eyebrow Dude. Yeah, when Eyebrow Dude did come in, <laughs> when I listened to this, I did find it a bit funny. It was like, I, like I, I did I did have a giggle it's, it's at Eyebrow Dude this His worry.
2: lines are so... What, what is his line in this one? I forget. I, didn't, uh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't but listened the, to the, a couple of days. But... Like, the thing is, um, it, it's very much an ESL kind of thing, or when you speak it... <laughs> <laughs> no, when when you speak a second language, it's like my wife when she moved to France, she did her schooling in France, and part of her learning the language was watching some like it hot in French over and over, right? Again, which you know kind of meant that you know, conversations with other French people got weird for a while because she was coming off as overly flirtatious. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's kind of that thing where you know you're learning the language through popular culture, yeah, and. So it's, hence Barbies in
4: Indiana Jones, and
2: it's like some of the some of the lines with, um, like it's advertising copy, and it's insane advertising copy. Like touch me here, touch me there, hanky panky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's it's inspired in its own demented way, and but that's it, why it works. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah. being, being Danish and knowing what we know of the Danish education system, their English is probably impeccable. But, yeah, there's that element of it of they don't really know what they're saying, and therefore it's genius in its own stupid mm. way. I have to say- It's, it's that I kind
1: of thing- Sorry, it's that kind of thing that's like in The Fox by Ilvis that happened recently where they where like people think it's funny kind of because they sing an odd kind of- but the, the, the words don't quite fit the melody in, in a kind of foreign language, ESL kind of way, and people think it's funny for that reason, but the guys are obviously- um, you know, well versed enough and well educated in English that that's a deliberate thing that they're putting it on for the Western audience, for the um, the whitey, uh, not whitey, they're all white um, for the, <laughs> the English speaking audience. Um, you know, because they think that we will find it funny if they do this thing, and I guess that works for them. So no,
0: but look, as as I'm. I'm... I've got to make an assumption here. The only one who's been on pills in a Danish nightclub in, around this table. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, I've yeah, in, I've been in a Danish nightclub, but I wasn't on pills.
0: But it's the same thing, right? It's like that—that that, where language doesn't matter to the song at all. No, you know, that's it's why Psy is a success, right? You know, every Danish nightclub mm. right now, every shitty backpacker is currently still playing that song uh, because it's just—it's what it is. And anyone who speaks a bit of English. Can sing the chorus. Uh, can sing yeah. "Hey, sexy
4: lady." Exactly, Or well, Doctor yeah. Jones?"
0: Doctor Jones calling yeah. Doctor Jones. Like it's so banal and so easy that it's it's. People probably do learn English doing that. Like, you know, and then they probably go back to university and study English. So there's that. Look, yeah, this is uh... a... <laughs> and then say to their lecturer, like, hey, sexy lady, and
4: get, uh, <laughs> <explode>. <laughs> then get the expelled. Then Jones. find themselves <laughs> on the end of a sexual
2: harassment. <laughs>
0: God, now that the Indiana Jones thing's coming up, I actually think that this might be about short round. Dr. Jones, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, was you look, your hero in.
1: when you were a kid, Danny?
0: yeah exactly I love that kid he was he was the only hero I had on television um look there's no um that and Sulu um there's no real I don't even know what to say about this song either like I listened to it like 10 times this week All, well also not this week but like last few weeks but also just going the film like it's so sub Barbie girl yeah it's, it's the sad. only song in the world that falls into the genre of, of sub Barbie, Barbie girl, girl. <laughs>
1: Look, honestly, I've done this number one thing for the Vine for the last three years, and it's not the only song that's. Done. <laughs> you know,
2: Will M Am has made an entire career of sub bar. Yeah, yeah, true. And but
1: LMFAO have made an entire career of sub Will I Am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but but it's just only has the elements of Barbie Girl, but a bit less, like the same kind of film clip, the same kind of hooks. But look, it's okay. Like, I mean, it's it's. Kind of maybe not as offensive because it's not as catchy. okay. <laughs> I don't know what to
1: say about yeah, it, really. I do wonder why it was number one for much longer than Barbie Girl. I wonder, like, whether there was some sort of... Yeah, I don't
5: know. Um, of like
1: I do It was time the time of, of year. Time of year like, no, was no, it just, The parents were looking in record stores for something to get to their kids, and they, they looked at the cartoony kind of thing of that and had heard it on the radio and thought, oh, that'll do. Whereas they weren't thinking about that when Barbie Girl was coming out.
0: No new release singles would have came out because it, it crossed over the year. Record companies mm. stopped shipping around the first week of December. And if it wasn't for the big day out, record companies would, in this country, record companies don't really start shipping new releases again till the start of February. which is So you have two months off, especially in the 90s. That's sort of changed now Now that we have iTunes. But mm. it used to be you bloody put out Green Day and U2's greatest hits in the last week of December. You know this, Casey, right? Yeah, yeah, of And then... You get a few big day out releases around the middle of January because some random indie band is touring and they haven't had a chance to put the record out yet. Yeah. But it doesn't really start again. So especially in the pop world, it kind of just got a clear run. That's how you get over the Christmas. That's why Christmas singles in the UK is so important because you kind of have a free run for a couple of weeks. So
4: this was mm. um, in the in the face of no... No um, yeah, real competition. No, no no competition. Yeah. no even, even to the no. point
0: where radio stations don't really... Even changed their playlists over the Christmas break. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Th- that makes plenty of sense. And then on the other hand, Aqua Barbie Curl, which came out in sort of November, would have been in the most competitive time of the year. Right. So mm. every other single is trying to get to number one. So, um. That's the historical context. And it's just a shame because it's not the better song. But obviously, I'm not even sure how
2: many people I know remember this song. Well, it's also the song that preceded it was Tub Thumping, which everyone out went out, got drunk, and for the next seven weeks were drunk <laughs> Buying this song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, I was, well, just, looking, I was just looking then at the, um, the songs that it kept off the top of the charts, and it was mostly Tub Thumping. Right, <laughs> so obviously, like enough people had already bought that song that, like you know, it wasn't going to be at number one. So it was that, and as long as you love me by the Backstreet Boys, that were, um, that we may well cover in our um, Tumblr when we do the number and twos.
2: Yeah, well, but, yeah. but maybe that was the thing. You kind of you went out for your big night, singing a carrot singing, singing tub thumping at karaoke, and you woke up in the morning with kebab copy of Doctor Jones, and a case of syphilis, <laughs> <So, laughs> and a horse's head, perhaps. Yeah, if you
0: take
1: pills in a Danish nightclub.
2: So, do we
0: re- remember anything else about Aqua? Nah. Nah. No,
1: no, <laughs> no. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I, I, move we, on? we are trying not to move on right now, but I think it is time. Yeah, it's going to happen.
0: I had a bunch of other things to say, but I will stop. I was going to talk about that friggin' Barbie girl with Melissa
2: Couts. What? Oh yeah, the Australia Day. Barbecue Girl Ad. ad. Oh uh, my god. Sam Kekabich's Lamb.
4: But that, that right. would just be on the blog, I think. Oh, That's a perfect f-
0: blog post. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just sorry I did that to you, Casey. Oh what? <laughs> <get ready laughs> <in> <laughs> Casey's
2: having a blue screen of death
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: ninety Well, let's bring you back
3: yeah go on our
0: next song was number one for four weeks from February 1998 and this is
2: Celine Dion oh yeah that'll bring me back (laughs) (laughs) It's bringing my dinner back (laughs) with uh my heart will go on (laughs) (sighs) oh
0: Will go on uh, by Celine Dion. Who else? Number one for four weeks uh, in 1998. Again, less than Doctor Jones. But um,
5: uh,
0: <laughs> here's the world that we're living in. Uh, Tim Coyle we're back around to you. Oh, uh, uh,
2: Casey, can you pass the whiskey drink? <laughs> and <vodka> drink. <laughs> and you get the idea. Um, <laughs> And the heroin drink. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of, we, we, we all, um, as this song was playing, just ran to the freezer to, to liquor up, <laughs> to be yeah. able to withstand this. It's such a horror show. Um, so what was the thing that you found to like about it? <laughs> <laughs> it ended. <laughs> oh, good call. That is the only good Goal. thing about it. Um. It's. I mean, this is it's a Celine Dion love song for the ages, dialed up to eleven, mm. because it's in a James Cameron film, and in a James Cameron film, everything has to be dialed up to to eleven. And look, the thing for me is look. Obviously, I hated it at the time. I have never seen the film Titanic. On principle, I never will. Um, and yeah, just kind of this phenomena of people going back to watch it. Five, six, seven times, which was bizarre.
0: Yeah, second highest grossing film of all time.
2: What, behind Avatar? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, you know, if anything, my opinion of it has has gone south quite a lot. Um, It's just (laughs) so cloying. It's, as I say, all the classical Celine Dion things just dialed all the way up to 11. It's this big universal love song that... I mean, uh, discussing a lot of Celine Dion songs here and on the blog, kind of what I found is that these things don't resonate for me largely because there's no specifics in there. No. She never says anything specific about who this song is addressed to. Now, in part, that's why it works for so many people. They can just insert themselves and someone else into this song and, you know, it's about love for the ages. But, you know, if I compare it to a song which thematically deals with some similar things. A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, which is kind of an enduring mm. enduring love that goes beyond the end of a relationship for whatever reason. It should be good how you tie these two together, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is what, what, makes, what makes that song incredible is the absolute specificity of it. Drawing a map of Canada on a yeah. coaster with someone's face on it, She all the little details of who this person was in her life Uh, That's what makes it rich And there's nothing in this song It's just empty, it's hollow And it's soulless because of that And the only other thing I want to mention I mean the picture on that single Is terrible, yeah It's like she's risen from the icy arctic waters And has come back to eat our brains
1: (laughs) (laughs) Zombie Celine
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's another South Park reference
0: Uh, Casey Atkins
4: I don't like it, Tim Barron. <laughs> <laughs> um, I oh, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I, again, like Tim, I have never seen Titanic. And really?
0: No. Second highest person film.
4: Yeah, and you know what? Fuck, I have never seen Titanic. And I would say that this song has quite a lot to do with that. (laughs) That I never went and saw it. I'm deadly serious. I'm deadly serious. Not because I thought that this song would be playing underneath it for the entire freaking time or anything like that. But it was just out of protest. This is like, at, at the time, this is one of the worst fucking songs I've ever heard in my life and I can't escape it in my normal life, why would I put myself into another situation under which I knew I would hear
0: the fucking thing again, at least in part (laughs) Um, It's interesting because, sorry to interrupt, but like so uh, James Cameron uh who did like Aliens It's but you heard this song, and suddenly the tone of the film was set for you before you even walking to the cinema. Yes, is that what and, you're saying?
4: And and also, again, kind of like a conversation that we had a little bit before uh, we started tonight, Danny. The the idea of the um, you're only as good as your fans. Like I saw, <laughs> um, and that was related to something different. But we'll come. Yeah. At, yeah. But um, I saw the people that loved it so much, mm. and the reactions that they were, they were having, and I was like, so. you're the people who also like Celine Dion songs and, (laughs) and, and and fucking hell. And if we're going to talk about James Cameron, albeit briefly, um, I hate the fact that I did go and see Avatar. Because, you know, everybody was like, no, 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 even you were like this. And I fucking hated that too. And I wish that I haven't seen Avatar the- either for the same reason. This is the you
2: thing. Know- it's like Avatar was Dances with Blue People and oh, Titanic, I'm with guessing, course. is dances with, dances with Pocahontas. Is Dances with the Working Class. Oh. So...
1: <laughs> it was Dances <laughs> with the Working it Class. was Dances
2: with, with Wolves meets the fucking Matrix. Fuck
4: that.
1: Tim Byron. <laughs> Yeah, just um, I was just looking sorry, and
0: so sorry, Tim Byron, first question: have you, seen, have you seen Titanic?
1: No. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. But the same way as you guys, like I <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> the only <other laughs> three like, it was people on the planet. Love story kind of thing that at fifteen I would not have dug, and so I haven't bothered to go and see it at the time, and I haven't seen it since. Awesome, love it. But yeah, I was just looking at the um, the performance of the charts of My Heart Will Go On about why it was only at number one for four weeks, and the reason was that the record company deleted it. After four weeks of being at number one. And then for some reason, like a month and a half later, like put it back on the shelves.
0: They they would have done that because they realised it had such a big hit that people would pay $30 for an album.
1: For this, the full soundtrack or
4: for the full Silly DNM record? Either one. one.
1: Yeah. Right. So that's why it was only at number one for four weeks. Otherwise, oh. it would have been there for like uh, probably uh, gone three, on three on months and on or on. something. For on, yeah. that Her her chart success would have gone on and on. on, and on, and on. Um, I listened to this this week and... I actually didn't mind it. Really? Yeah, I I listened to it and I was expecting it to be much more bombastic and much more kind of like sort of just unbearable. And perhaps it was I had low expectations going into the thing. Did you switch it off before that key change? The truck driver key change? (laughs) Yeah, that bit was the bit where it kind of like, like it builds up during the song. And for like most of the song, I find it like, you know, not unbearable, and when it gets to sort of that end and it like, builds up and gets bigger and bigger, there's a point which it switches, and which is like, nah, this is enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I actually didn't didn't mind it. It didn't quite have the same, um, you know, un- unbearable kind of annoying kind of thing that some of her other stuff had for me. So I, I was listening to it and going, eh. But, like, the one thing that I do have against this song is that in 1997... No, sorry, in 1998, I guess it would have been, um, it won the the best uh, original song, Grammy, and beat up Miss Misery by Elliot Smith mm. in the process.
2: Oh, and um, well, and yeah. it's memorable for the image of Celine Dion and Elliot Smith kind of holding hands on a stage. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and Elliot Smith said that apparently Celine Dion was really nice and uh, to him and that you know they had quite a good conversation and he went in thinking that she would be you know a huge bitch and he was actually quite surprised. Well, what was she doing, wanting to accept that award? Like it's a Diane Warren song, isn't it? No, it's
4: not. No, is it not? It's, um, no. Oh, I simply—it's James assumed. Horner.
0: Who yeah, bro, who's a
2: score guy who yeah. did like music. I, I know it, for the. I mean, it sounds—it sounds like a score thing because it is a score yeah. thing. Oh, it's it's, it's a sorry, song no, purely. It's yeah. assumed.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. a song that um was originally the score. Like the the music was originally the score, and she sung over the top of basically well, j- the main j- theme of the score. Yeah,
2: James Cameron repeatedly refused. Um. Like they kept coming to him saying, "Look, we've got lyrics that go with this. We'll have someone sing it." And he's like, "No, no, just a score." No, and mm. finally, I don't know, they gave him enough cocaine mm. and he relented. But mm, right. mm. yeah, yeah. Well, the, oh, thing,
1: with, the thing with the thing with Titanic. the lyrics were sorry, the lyrics were written by the guy who also wrote "Fucking Tears in Heaven." So, <laughs> right, <laughs> really. Yeah. The thing with Titanic that I think we forget now was that before it had come out as a movie like it, it was widely known as like it, people were widely assuming it was going to be the biggest flop ever but like, it was going to be a bigger flop than Waterworld huh. at the time because like it was such an expensive movie like because they had to build the titanic and then sink it blah blah, blah 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 um yeah people were assuming that this would be the huge flop and so when it wasn't like everyone was just kind of like okay because um yeah
0: well the, the thing is the thing about the titanic film is that just every film reviewer just had the headline ready of syncs like the Titanic or things like mm. that so that's what they wanted right shortly I would, yeah, I would yeah. be in the same position as a smartass um mm. look this song I listened to it a few times in the in the last couple of weeks leading up to this uh, on my computer while I was doing things and then I realized I didn't pay attention to it as I was reading as I was listening to it because there's nothing there like no, nothing it just sort of there's no hooks no meanders meanders it's every note is stretched out so long. But it's just like, ah. Oh. So can I also just say, I've never seen Titanic either. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so the, that's
5: the second highest
0: grossing film cool, of all time. I love it. None of us have seen that's it. That's so good. God, there's a lot of women out there. and um, <laughs> um so, bunch of
4: women and a bunch of blokes trying to get laid. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It just is a very, very strange, strange song for me. It is her biggest hit. You know, because of the movie?
2: Yes. It's so most well known yeah. song,
4: for sure. Yeah. Well it wasn't well, it certainly wasn't her longest stretch at number one for
2: a single though. No, but this no. but when you hear the name Celine Dion, <laughs> this is the song that comes yeah. to mind. It's a signature yeah. song really.
0: Um yeah, so
1: yeah, I don't sure, know. She'll perform really. this as the encore at her live shows even today in Vegas. Like yeah, this yeah, would be yeah. the encore.
0: Good, so I know when to leave, i.e. before it starts. Um look <laughs> It... Uh, I walked past <laughs> the Celine Dion show at, um, at, Vegas. at Vegas last year. Oh, right, year. really? I well, we walked past the
4: theatre. It's at... She and... Um, did,
2: did you get a shiver? <laughs> oh, yeah, <so laughs> she and
4: Elton John have, uh, have their own yeah, theatres at right. Caesars Palace now. Yeah.
0: Can I just say my favourite <clears throat> story about this song uh, is Kate Winslet saying that she hates it mm. because for the, since... this because song has she been has released, a sense of Because Kate no. Winslet is mm. awesome. No, yeah. because <laughs> since this song has been released... She's been into hundreds of restaurants where people will see her walk in and then they decide to put the song on. She's there. And she's like, people have to stop doing that. Like, and I just think as much as we hate it, we do not hate it as much as poor Kate Winslet. So. Oh,
5: yeah, but, I
4: mean, I, I, I don't think poor Kate Winslet is a particularly accurate phrase to I don't know to utter at any point. <laughs> think, she seems okay. She doesn't think, deserve to have to litter this on the couch She seems a really be oh, nice. associated with it in most people. She, she seems very nice, but I don't think "poor" is a good word to put In <laughs> the same <laughs> sentence yeah. as Kate As the point.
0: Unfortunate. The unfortunate. Yes, yes unfortunate. The there you yes. Go. Yes. <laughs> mm. but, Much
2: uh, like the passengers on the Titanic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, who had it worse Titanic yeah. passengers or Kate Winslet
2: well you
1: know <laughs> well, or oh, brings...
4: the
0: people who had to listen to this song. this brings us really to the end of our Celine Dion discussion and her dominating at this end of this decade do we have anything else to add about her career fuck no let's just oh, get the hell on
5: with we're it we're...
0: <laughs> our last song of tonight uh, was number one for just one week on the 15th of March 1998 and this is Run DMC versus Jason Nevins with It's Like That.
3: It goes a little stuff
1: like this.
0: was Run DMC versus Jason Devins with It's Like That. And that brings us to the end of another night. <laughs> no. Look, we're in this. We have to talk about it. There's no other way around it. We need to find something to say about this song. And we're going to ask Casey Atkins to go first. <laughs>
4: yeah. That, it's so funny because what the hell is to be said about
3: this? It's just... I mean, the
4: the only thing I can say to it in, 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 um, and try to
1: possibly reference the song is it just is what it is.
4: <laughs> and it's nothing else. It,
1: I don't... Are there songs that you can't say that about, that they're not actually what they are? Yes!
4: There are yeah. songs with... Dr. S- Jones!
0: <laughs> there
4: are songs with subtext. There are songs with metaphor. There are songs with... um. At levels, so hold on, are you like, saying that
0: this song is like that and that's the way <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I just want to hurt myself just from saying that joke doubly? Um, I just,
4: I honestly, I listened to this a couple of times and this was one of the ones that I listened to multiple times. Um, you know, I've got this rule that I have to listen to everything at least once and I don't do the thing that Tim Coyle does to, to you know punish myself. Sure, <laughs> songs that I, you know actively don't like but just you know make myself for whatever reason that you do that to you i don't quite get it anyway (laughs) um but this is one of those songs that i listened to multiple times just trying to find something i was like well at in most of the songs that we listen to, regardless of whether I like them, like Celine Dion, I know who likes that song, right? I don't like that song, but I know who does Barbie girl. I, t- I get it. Like we like discussed, this is just like, a uh, like incidental music in a movie behind people playing basketball on a court or something. It's, but it's not a song, is it? I don't, I
3: don't know. <laughs> I don't know
4: who the fuck Jason Nevins is either, but it, I, I... I. Jam
2: Master Jay. Oh, is that Jam Master Jay? <laughs> no.
5: No. No,
0: he's <laughs> no, not, no, not Jam Master Jay. Let me tell you about Jason Nevins in a second. Okay. Let's move on to Tim Byron.
1: Okay. So, yeah, for, for this one, the thing I've got to say about this was that I've just been to a music psychology conference uh, where people were doing experiments on music to see, um, you know, how it affected people's behaviour and things like that. Oh, the, life the exper- that you
4: lived, in Byron.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, the life. So one of the things that I saw presented was someone, uh, was, was my old supervisor, in fact, talking about an experiment they did where they had people try and learn, st- learn dance moves either to music that was just basically a beat or music that had... Um, or just basically beats, like not just a beat, but like, you know, some sort of, you know, you know there's, a kick, there's a kick and a snare and blah, 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 or music that had, um, you know, melody and stuff going on. You know? Right. And what they found was that it was easier for people to learn that music to just the beats rather than the stuff with the music on top because there was less going on and less distraction. And so, wow. as far yeah. as I can tell, this is why this song is popular uh, because there's not much dis- to distract you from your dance moves when you're listening to this song. And I think this song is all about dancing in that kind of way. It's all about being at the club and doing your dance moves and trying to pull them off very well. And that must be why it was a success because it's certainly nothing in the music. Um, You know, Run DMC uh, were kind of good for rap in 1984 when they did this. But, like, it's as, as a rap, it's really early rap and it's really kind of awkward sounding to me today. Like, it doesn't... As a rap, it just doesn't have what they were capable of a bit later with Walk This Way. It's very something missing in, in, in what they're doing and very sort of simple rhymes and things like that. And, um, musically it's just the same thing for like three minutes and 48 seconds. And so it, there's nothing going on. It's it's less melodic than Hocus Pocus, uh, <laughs> here's Johnny and I that's know. got nothing. It's, it's, it, it's so little melodic. So I think it, it must all be about the dancing. That's, that's all I can say about it. It's all about the dancing. I wasn't a dancer. Um, in 1998, I wasn't going to clubs because I was 16. And so I saw nothing in this and I was confused why it was a number one, but I guess that's where it is. It's all about that kind of dancing thing. So yeah, for me listening to this at the time, I was just like, what is this shit? Because, (laughs) you know, that's all it was. And I mean, at the time I probably would have thought, well, better this than Celine Dion. But now, no, I think Celine Dion's better than this.
2: (laughs) Tim Coyle. For all our Young listeners out there You stay in school Okay <laughs> <laughs> that, That's what this song is You don't is want to is. end up Listening to this yeah. song yeah. <laughs> to <say. laughs> But that's what this song is isn't it? It's just an extended PSA <laughs> um, <laughs> If you actually listen to it Which I don't think Not- Like everyone else Just gave up I, I Rather I, than listen I, to the lyrics You know what I heard this song yeah. I didn't <laughs> listen to it But I heard it It <laughs> was so active engagement. Um Look, uh, the thing is, at the at the time, uh, I had started to get into old school hip hop to impress a girl, right? Largely. <laughs> Who, and, which one? Tell me um, later. Okay. Um, <laughs> Beeping out. Stay into the mic, clearly now. <laughs> and look, the thing is, run, run DMC factor heavily into into that kind of when you when you're going into that kind of thing, and researching mm. it and listening to it. And, look, when you see the name Run DMC, especially after you've seen Aqua <laughs> <Yes>. and Celine <laughs> <And> Dion, <laughs> totally. you're like, okay, this is going to be blessed li- relief. Yeah. Uh, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is just, yeah, it's, it's got that PSA element to it that... Um there's just there's nothing there's no spark there, there's no there's no wit, there's no um there's no real catchiness to it. And yeah, Tim Byron's right, the wrapping's quite flat on this compared to what you would associate with um with Run DMC. That said, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say Celine Dion is better than this <laughs> But... Just because yeah, you couldn't bring yourself to say it. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this is, there's still something a bit more to it. Uh, the one thing I will say is that this actually will take us back to an earlier episode of 90% Hits because this appeared on uh, the same release that had sucker MCs on it which uh, was oh. what a sucker DJ was written in response to oh, so with yeah. okay. calm full, full circle, circle there and what a circle it was yeah <laughs> this, this is such a, that's the way it is yeah. this, this is such an uninspiring song by you know a couple of guys who could be quite inspiring at times. so yeah that's the shame of it I guess
0: well it's a remix and it's yeah. Jason Nevin's sort of I don't know what he like I listened to the original this week and it did like it's it's definitely doesn't have the intense heavy dance groove um, mm. but the Run-DMC song as much as I like a lot of Run-DMC this isn't terribly great Run-DMC either so it isn't did you say so yeah I don't think so it's got a cool kind of message and cool beat but like I guess they were very sort of minimalist anyway but look it's it's so boring I mean I just didn't get anything out of it it's interesting what tim byron said that it's really about the groove and the beat and just keeping it and so you can do what you want on top of it the film could definitely suggest that but mm. it's just nothing it is nothing it does. i kind of believe it did anything for run dmc's career I, to be honest it's one of the very few songs in this entire 90 percent his podcast where i look at the list and i didn't know the song before i listened to it and no. then i listened to it and then i went I oh yeah i did it. know this song oh like, i didn't know I, I just listened to it. forgot it if i did know it um, you repressed that memory <laughs> it didn't even imprint a memory the first time like it just is so boring so i don't know what else to say except i looked up jason nevins um in uh on Wikipedia today, and I hope it's still up there for anyone who looks at it, but if you look at Jason Nevin's discography on Wikipedia, and you look at official remixes, someone has written in capital letters on the hundreds of remixes he's, li- he's done. If you Google any of these, you will see that they are legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you look at that, uh, I will take a screenshot now, and make sure it goes on the blog in case they delete it, but it is... The funniest thing I've ever seen on Wikipedia. Basically, someone (laughs) just said, they totally aren't your remixes, and Jason Nevins went in there and just went, they totally are. So good (laughs) on you, Jason Nevins. Whatever it is that you do for a living. Well, you know what? I bought this
4: up because I was listening (laughs) to this with Joe, and... um... And I said, I don't remember this. What the hell is this and who the hell is Jason Nevins? And she said, she remembered bits and pieces. She remembered this song and bits and pieces of Jason Nevins. And the reference that she came up with was like, you know that guy, that British guy, Mark Ronson, who just does that. Yeah, yeah. The
0: fat guy who adds trumpets to songs. Right. (laughs) Right.
4: And and for some reason, like that that cover of the Zooton song that Amy Winehouse sung, and somehow he was the artist. What? Um, and like he, it, apparently, Jason Nivens was kind of that kind of guy that just added trumpets to songs and and claimed uh, yeah. and claimed artists yeah. that served the songs. So yeah, it was an an interesting kind of. Uh, Reference point, I thought, and it actually made it make a bit of sense
0: to me. He was, it was the, the start of that world where people could do get away with that. Like the remixer was a person. But mm. the look, I mean, if I am going to say anything about this song, is that it does feel like this song should have came five years earlier. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like it was trying. At all. It, it was. Yeah, it's like it was trying to. It was trying to kick off some 1980s nostalgia and retro kind of thing, and actually, it was ten years too early in yeah. that way. Yeah. Um. But so look,
4: either way, so yeah, Danny was like five years too late. Tim's ten years too early. It just was. It's never going to be the right time for okay. this guy. No. <laughs> J- Jason
2: Nevins Googleable list. Of folks he has remixed for is a bit of a rogues gallery, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Including
1: Celine Dion. To, Chris, make no, it back to the guy who No, that's Br- like the-
2: Chris Brown. I mean, fuck that guy. Florida.
4: Flo-Rider. Flo rider. No, <laughs> Flo rider.
1: Fuck that guy. Run to Run
2: LL Cool J featuring Jennifer Lopez. JZ. JZ. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Oh. Who? Oh, Rob yeah. Thomas. Oh. Ooh. Toby Keith. He's remixed some great
0: songs. I have right. to say. But like he's just made most of them better. But they're like the ninth track on the cd to Selena Gomez. Remember. So you know, he's just like I like, like I don't even know if they're official remixes. Or if this guy is just sitting in his basement, just going, oh, well, uh, fucking, what's a, what's a, like, Girls are Loud, Friggin' The Promise, that came out like three years ago. Like, who the fuck would have called Jason Nevins to remix that? Like, he probably just did that in his bedroom and then put it on YouTube and went, hey, it's a Jason Nevins remix. Google it if you, you know, don't believe it's legitimate. Yeah, that's the
2: impression I've got. Jason Nevins is a guy in a basement on his computer, Googling celebrity upskirts and then just kind of remixing whatever names come up.
0: But I think <laughs> that's Another that similarity the... to Mark Ronson.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, that brings us to the end of a very interesting episode of 90% Hits. I have to say that went better than I thought? A lot better than I thought it was going to uh, go. <laughs> Until this bit where we have to choose our favorite <laughs> I think we're better off choosing
1: court. the worst. Nah Nah, nah, No no, Stick with it It's going to be our favourite The
0: one song that you're going to be happy to hear again In any context (laughs) Okay Uh, (laughs) And the songs that we spoke about For that just to recap Was Aqua with Barbie Girl Chumba Wumba with Tub Dumping Aqua with Dr. Jones Celine Dion with My Heart Will Go On And Run Demuk Versus Jason (laughs) Dempsey It's like that So Tim
1: Byron For me, it's going to be Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. It's just like a a few head and shoulders above the rest.
5: Yeah.
0: (laughs)
2: It's it's knees and thighs above the rest. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You, You know what? Tub Thumping is fractally shit. But it's not an event horizon of <laughs> utter ineptitude like the rest. So, you know, fractally shit it may be, but it wins by default. <laughs> default. Default. Default.
0: <laughs> top uh, thumping, of course. Default. And I would have to say top thumping as well. So go, anarchist. Unanimous. <laughs> Yay. Well, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Next week, we will be back with a uh, Choose Your Own Adventure show for 1997. Uh, We will post up on the blog the list of songs if you want to choose a song and play along. And hey, maybe even guess what we choose. But until then, Casey, do you want to let people know where they can find us on the internet? Of course, I've
4: forgotten about that part. Um... Um, so we have the Tumblr blog that goes up every week Which Tim Byron will talk more about You can email us 90 um, percenthits at gmail.com You can follow us on Twitter and you can follow us on Facebook So it's 90%hit 90 90%, percent uh, hits 90 percent in words Hits in words Tim Byron, tell us
1: more about the blog Someone was telling me recently that when they get to this point in the podcast They just switch it off because they've heard it all before <laughs> So it doesn't matter what I say here Danny?
5: Uh-huh. shame. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're right, because there are some podcasts that I listen to where they sort of talk about the film they're going to review next week at the very end of the podcast, which is maybe an interesting thing we should work on. And I'm deliberately putting this in so that person misses out on all this remotely interesting content. But let's work on something just to annoy that person. But, um... Yeah, Yeah, let's alienate. Hey, Ben. What a good idea. No, but it's, it's... Okay, have you ever done that thing where you loved an album and then, like, years later someone told you there was a hidden track on that album? That's a little different. That's what this is. This is the hidden track. This is not the hidden track. No, (laughs) it's not. Either way, uh, look, Tim Byron didn't say it, but if you have stayed with us, once again, let us just pitch for your comments and we love all the comments and emails and stuff that we get on the blog and Mm, Twitter comments and uh, rate us on iTunes it helps come up in search and it's really helpful for us and show us your appreciation Uh, until then if you know what happened to Mary please let us know because she's still dead anyway
1: I think she's under the Atlantic somewhere. Let's face it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, she went down on Titanic. And And (laughs) we Dion just
2: kind of held her head under
1: there. (laughs) Till the last bubbles. That's what she was saying on the album cover.
2: Her heart didn't go on.